Hello and welcome to Central Life Church and this is our podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and we pray that it encourages you, inspires you and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Jesus didn't only pay for our sins, he also took all of our shame. What does God see when he looks at you? Have you ever thought of that? I think it's a great question, and I've asked it of many people, what does God see when he looks at you? Or put another way, how do you see God? Who is God to you? If you were to answer this question honestly today, it would reveal what you really believe in your heart about God. Most people, when things are going well, believe that God is pleased with their behaviour and contact, conduct. However, they believe all that changes when they fail and make mistakes. It could be losing your cool on the road or visiting a website that you shouldn't have or saying hurtful words to somebody that you love. At that moment of failure, they believe when God looks at them, he sees nothing good. They believe he is angry and disappointed with them and wants to punish them for their failures. So what hope is there in the belief that when you do right, you're blessed, but when you fail, you're cursed? That's exactly how the old covenant of the law works. The old covenant was an imperfect system. Notice how the book of Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, God himself found fault with that covenant and sought to replace it. Hebrews 8, 7 and 8 says, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been found for the second. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. God has already made a new covenant, and the new covenant that he instituted is the covenant of grace that you and I get to enjoy today. We live in that grace. It's a covenant which declares, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Did you hear that? This is Hebrews 8.12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. There was a time when God remembered our sins and our lawless deeds. There was a time when God was not merciful to our unrighteousness, but that because of the cross, because of the cross, everything changes. And because of the cross, God was able to make a new covenant, not with man, but with a man, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. And because he was able to make a covenant with this beautiful, perfect man, he could say, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. He doesn't remember your sin. He doesn't remember your merciful deeds. It's not that he forgets, but he sees them in the body of Jesus Christ on the cross. He sees them punished, that the price was completely paid by a man for all men. When God looks at you today, he doesn't esteem or judge or measure you according to your imperfections. It's got nothing to do with you, but everything to do with Jesus. 
He sees you in the beloved. He sees you in Christ. He sees the blood that has been shed for you by his dear son. When God looks at you today, he sees Jesus because of this. His thoughts towards you are thoughts of loving kindness, forgiveness, blessings, and favour. You see, Jesus paid an immensely heavy price on the cross so that you and I can live life completely accepted and unconditionally loved by our Heavenly Father. Knowing and believing this makes all the difference to how we live our life. No matter what's staring us in our face. But, but I don't deserve love from God. You're right, absolutely right. If we got and if we go by what we deserve today, all of us deserve to be punished for our sins. Do you know that the punishment for sin is not simply a slap on the wrist? Sin isn't something that can be sugar-coated. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23. In other words, if you and I go, what we deserve, the punishment we deserve for our sins is death. And even then, our death could never pay for our sins because our blood isn't sinless blood. There was only one, Jesus. That's why I like to remind people who desire to be justified by their own righteousness, it's not possible, mate. You cannot do it. You are sinful. Your blood is tainted. And we all owe a debt we could never pay. The good news is that Jesus bore the death sentence on our behalf at the cross. Did he deserve to be crucified on the cross? Absolutely not. He chose the cross so that his sinless blood could cleanse us from all our sins. The cross stands for all eternity as a declaration of Jesus' everlasting love for us. At the cross, Jesus was suspended between heaven and earth as the sacrifice for our sins, and he bore every punishment that we deserve. He absorbed every penalty the law demanded for our sins. He took it on himself. You know why Jesus chose the cross? John 3, 14 and 15 gives us the answer. It says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. He went to the cross so that whoever believes in him can receive the gift of eternal life. Whoever believes, that's all you need to do to step into the inheritance that was purchased for you with the blood of the Son of God. Believe in him. Believe in Jesus. Believe in what he has done for you at the cross. Believe that all your sins have been imputed to him and all his righteousness has been imputed to you. Believe in the divine exchange. Believe in his love. Believe that all your sins have been punished at the cross and through Jesus you have received the gifts of righteousness and eternal life. Believing is a choice, 
Simple as that. There is so much to glean from John 3.15. Let's have a look at the verse again. Tell me, who qualifies for salvation? The word of God doesn't say whoever obeys imperfectly. It doesn't say whoever never fails again. And it certainly doesn't say whoever keeps all his commandments. It simply says whoever believes in him. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The only action needed on our part is to believe. As I said before, believing is simply a choice. I choose to believe who God says I am above all other influences. There must be something more that I have to do to earn or deserve God's love for me. Don't write off believing just because it sounds simple and don't underestimate the power of right believing. When you believe right, when you believe that you are made righteous through Jesus, you will end up producing fruits of righteousness. Righteousness is a fruit. It's not something that you conjure up. It's not something that you work up. It's a fruit. The Apostle Paul refers to the fruits of righteousness in Philippians 1.11, and he specifies that they are by Jesus Christ. When you set your eyes on Jesus and Jesus alone as the source of your righteousness and forgiveness, you will end up producing fruits of righteousness, holiness, and moral character. Jesus did not come to change your morals. He came to raise you from the dead. It is not a change of lifestyle that he came for. It is a raising from the dead, from the stinking, miry clay in which you were in. He hewed you out and he recreated you, Scripture says, in his likeness, in his image, not physically, spiritually. Everything that you see in the physical, in the natural, is decaying. It's decaying. It's dying. This natural world will eventually finish when God says, not when man says, everything in the spirit realm created everything in the natural realm by the one Jesus Christ. How awesome is that? He is the source of our righteousness. He is our forgiveness. And we produce righteousness, holiness, and moral character because it's his character. See, he is the vine, the vine. He is the vine. The vine is the whole grapevine. We are just bad branches, and we've been put in him. And we, as we draw on him, as we draw on his nourishment, his goodness, his mercy, as we draw on that, then the fruits of the vine are produced. The branch doesn't struggle and strain to produce fruit. It comes from the root. That's another message altogether. Indeed, the Bible tells us it is when we don't see or have forgotten that we have been cleansed from our old sins that we end up lacking self-control, godliness, and brotherly love. You'll find that in 2 Peter 1, 5 to 7. 
Can you see how when you believe right, you will end up living right? So make Jesus, his forgiveness and his love for you the centre of every part of your life. It's sad, but there are some churches where you'll hear all about how you should conduct yourself, what you should do, you know, what you shouldn't do. You should put on this and you should take off that and you should stop doing this. But you don't hear the name of Jesus. You don't hear about the cross. You don't hear about you are made righteous in Christ. You don't hear about God sees you in Christ today. I know that when the beauty, perfection and love of Jesus is unveiled in people's lives, their lives will be transformed and they will never be the same again. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He unveils the beauty of Jesus in you, to you. And as you behold him in you by the power of the Spirit, you change. You cannot help but change because Change is occurring automatically by grace, through faith. It doesn't matter how many times you failed. Hey, it does not matter how many times you failed. does not matter how many times you looked at that porn. It does not matter how many times you got angry. It does not matter. It does not Get it into your head. It does not matter. When you make Jesus the centre of your life, God will cause his blessings, his favour and his grace to flow into your situation. You will find that that pornography will drop off. You will find that that cursing will drop off. You will find that that bad habit will drop off. You will find that that attitude, that wrong attitude will drop off and you will find that that depression will go. It cannot stay in the presence of Jesus in the midst of you. Cannot. Cannot. That heavy load of guilt and condemnation that you've been carrying around for years on your shoulder because of you did this will go. Eating disorders will go, the bitterness will go, and that paralyzing fear will all be consumed in the person of Jesus in the midst of you. When you begin to see the way God sees you, your life will never be the same again. I've said it before, but it's worth repeating. When you become a believer, God no longer saw you as you. When he looks at you today, he sees Jesus. You are now in Christ, encapsulated by him. The moment you accepted Jesus, you are shielded in Christ. When God looks at you today, he doesn't see you with all your flaws or your imperfections. He only sees his darling son, Jesus. His word says, to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted. Where? In the beloved, Ephesians 1.6. That refers to you, my friend, by God's abundant and lavish grace, by his unmerited favour. You are accepted and approved in Jesus, the beloved. What this means is that God is no longer assessing you or judging you based on your merits. It is no longer what you have done or have not done. His love for you is not contingent on your actions. His love for you is contingent on Jesus' actions and what he did at the cross. 
His love for you is based on Jesus Christ alone. On Christ alone, we make a stand. Church, believe. Take hold of this wonderful grace of God that is so bountiful toward us. Grab hold of it and run with it. Know that Jesus took all your shame at the cross. There is no shame. And because there is no shame, there is no condemnation, there is no guilt, we are free of all that garbage and we walk in the righteousness of the Son of God himself. Be blessed, church. Amen. Thank you for listening. And a special thank you to those who give generously to help us continue this ministry. To support us, visit us on the web at www.centrallife.com.au or at the PayPal link in the description. To find out more about us, follow us on Facebook and you can also find us on YouTube. We'll see you next time.